The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Our teens need more support and encouragement than ever before. We need to show them that there are so many accomplishments in their lives that are just waiting to be discovered. This is the Dr. Stem Show with Dr. Stem Malatini. We want teens today to feel valued in their schools, homes, and in the community. The Dr. Stem Show will give the voiceless a voice and the hopeless hope. Now, here is Dr. Stem. Good afternoon and welcome to the Dr. Stem Show. I have a question for you today. Have you ever struggled in life uh, to find joy, peace, or even a reason to celebrate on a daily basis? Because one of the reasons that happens to most of us is we struggle with that. We struggle in finding the reason why we are here today or why we do the things that we do. So today, because it is the Dr. Stem Show and one of our goals is to motivate, inspire, and empower you we have a guest that will help you answer that question. If you have ever struggled, like most of us, including myself, yes, with finding joy, peace, a reason, or even miracles to say, have they ever happened in my life? Do they happen in my life? We have a guest that will help us figure out whether that is happening in your life. And if it's not, she'll help us to find those miracles in our life. Welcome, Leah Carey. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Stem. It's a pleasure. It's exciting. And before I even go into the discussions of finding miracles in our lives or finding the joy and peace that we seek in our mind, let me just describe to the audience today's segment and why we are talking about this. Mm-hmm. That segment's episode today is titled There Are Miracles and Joys Surrounding Us in Every Moment. And the question is, have you found yours? Many people walk around in a haze feeling vaguely unsatisfied with their lives, and most are unsure what the answer is to feeling better. What our guest today, Leah, as I had mentioned before, has discovered is that most people aren't looking for joy in their lives. They just haven't realized that it's there, so they're not even taking the time to experience and appreciate what's already available to them. If we can help teenagers to discover this pathway to joy at this stage of their lives, it's something that will serve them for the rest of their lives. And if we can help their parents and adults out there to discover the pathway, they can model the behavior for all their children and regardless of age. Mm. Now, most of you might be wondering, who is this guest and why is she the qualified one to discuss this topic? Leah is actually the chief. Miracle Officer of the Miracle Journal, a popular blog where she writes about the large and small miracles that happen in everyday life. I tell you, if you have a chance, whilst you're listening right now, go to www.themiraclejournal.com because I was browsing through it before the show and I couldn't get off. I even forgot that I have a live show that I have to do. (laughs) 
<laughs> I did. I did. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, makes a, a qualified uh, person to come here today and speak to us about this is she's a life coach, a speaker, a journalist, and a freelance writer. In all of those pursuits, she works with people to identify what's already in their lives so they can build even more joyful and fulfilling daily experience from that foundation. As I said, you can find the blog that we'll be discussing today at www.themiraclejournal.com. I know I'm excited for the guests out there today, and I'm sure you're excited to share with us what your findings are, because one of the things that I notice is when you blog, people actually open up and they start sharing as well. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a really wonderful community um, that I, I just feel so happy to be a part of and to have yes. had some, some hand in creating. And I loved what you said in the introduction um, about um, about helping teenagers to learn this kind of behavior yes. early so that they yes. make it a lifelong lesson and yes. that as parents, the best way to influence, I believe, the best way to influence a child and a teenager's behavior is to model the behavior. Yes, it so is. This is really such a, yes. you know, a great topic for yeah. people of all ages. Well, I mean, you know, talking about being a great topic, I'm wondering how did you get started looking for miracles mm. in everyday life? Because I noticed you're the chief. That means you experienced it, worked through it, and so that it works, and now begin to share it with the world. So how did you start? Absolutely. You know, people <laughs> ask me, oh, you must be the most optimistic person in the world. <laughs> and honestly, nothing could be further from the truth. I spent... I spent more than two decades, over 20 years, um, struggling with chronic depression. Oh, wow. When I was a teenager, I lived in an alcoholic home with an emotionally abusive father, oh, um, wow. and I, I didn't know what to do. I, I knew that something wasn't right, but I yes. didn't understand what it was. And um, that persisted into my 20s. I, I left home. I was, I was a high-functioning depressive in that, yes. you know, I did well in school. I had a career. But I did those things because I believed that I had to prove that I deserved the air that I breathed, you know, oh. that I deserved to even be on this planet. It yes. wasn't because I really loved what I was doing. It was because I thought that I had to prove that it was okay for me to be here. And so that I really struggled for a long time. And in the meantime, yes. I had been reading a lot of personal development books, you know, yes. self-help books, and had come to the conclusion that even though I wasn't happy, um, if I was depressed, the only real way to get out of depression was to spiritualize my way out of it, to pretend, yes. you know, to just think positive, to mm. use the law of attraction, to pull myself out of it. The problem was I was so depressed that I couldn't do it. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I, was, I yes. was really stuck. Yes. So it wasn't until my early 30s when mm. I dove into a black, black place where I actually considered harming myself, oh. that I finally said, this is not okay, and I need yes. to go to a doctor and get some help. 
You know I was going to ask you about that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness I did, you know? I, I, I think it's um, the, yeah. the medical community um, is, it has a lot to offer to the spiritual yes. community, and yes. the spiritual community has a lot to offer to the medical community, and unfortunately I, like I think there's a really deep divide between them. Um, I like that. I for like the that. most part. But, um, but I, thank goodness, found the help that I needed. Um, but the medication in and of itself was not enough. It yes. got me to a place where I was emotionally balanced. I wasn't thinking about harming myself. I was, you know, I was able to get out of bed and <laughs> and yes. live, you know, live my life. But I still wasn't really happy. Yes. I was still sort of stuck in this place of, I call it my gray period, mm-hmm. where I was still thinking, this is better than it was, but there's still something wrong with me. And I need yes. to figure out what it is so that yes. I can fix it. Yes. And um, everything changed. I, I went through about five or six years of that. Okay. And what changed was um, one morning, uh, January 1st, 2011, I woke up on New Year's Day. I checked my email um, and my calendar and discovered that I had double booked myself for two speaking engagements mm. um, later in the month. And I was horrified because I'm so careful about my schedule. Yes. And I didn't want to upset or, you know, disappoint either of these two organizations, mm. but it was New Year's Day. I thought there's yes. nothing I can do about it right oh, now. So I just yeah. have to put it off until later in the week. And within an hour, I had an email in my inbox from one of the two organizations saying, Leah, we messed up when we booked you. We can't have you come this month. We're so sorry, but would you mind coming next month? Now, that's a miracle. <laughs> that's a miracle, exactly. <laughs> so I was, I was stunned. It was like, you know, my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> now, that's a miracle. So I went onto Facebook, and I, you know, I typed out to my friends, hey, guys, the first miracle of the year just happened. <laughs> And I was amazed at the response I got. And then the next day, mm. I got two completely unexpected speaking engagements um, dropped into my lap. And I go to Facebook, hey, guys, the second miracle <laughs> of the year just happened. Every single day for eight days, something similarly <laughs> extraordinary happened. And over the course of those, and every day I went onto Facebook and, hey, guys, the next miracle just happened. And what I began to, what began to happen inside my brain was that I started walking around my world saying, I wonder when the next miracle is going to show up. Yes, yes. And instead of wondering what was wrong with me that needed to be fixed, I started thinking in terms of what's right What's the miracle? What is making me smile? What's making me happy? What is the next conversation I'm going to have that I'm going to get, you know, an amazing piece of information or someone's going, you know, whatever it is, pumping gas, who knows? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And that I, it really was that profound change from what's going wrong to what's going right. Right. And it happened in that space of eight days. Um, for me, but I think that it's a process that anybody can can take, can go through, and that's what I'm so excited about sharing. 
Amazing, amazing. One, I'm glad because I was going to ask, you know, 20 years, how come anybody and nobody took you to get some medication to at least get the energy to be able to get to that place mm-hmm. where after taking the medications, you're stabilized now, you start doing, thinking differently and getting out and, you know, finding what it is that makes you excited. Because I was now afraid you don't of have, that. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to worry about that, you know, the pain of, of the depression. So, yeah. I'm excited that that happened for you, that you you managed to do that because we always want to make sure that people understand the balance between the medical and the spiritual you know, community, which you're right. There's yeah. a big gap. But you know what? We're going to take another uh, quick break, um, our first one actually. And then I want us to discuss about everybody else out there. Can they find miracles in their, in, in their lives and how can they start to look for those miracles in their lives? We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. How much difficulty do you have getting your employees or your customers to listen to the solutions you can offer? This may be one of the great frustrations in business. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem now offers solutions with her Soft Skills Leadership Training Program and the Woman's Executive Leadership Training Program. To reserve your seat in one of her coaching sessions, purchase her books, or to book her services, email her at drstemmalatini at gmail.com. Or go to her website at www.drstem.org. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. We are talking to a very special guest today, Leah Carey, who is here to talk to us about finding the miracles and the joys that are surrounding us in every moment. She is one of the popular bloggers for the Miracle Journal that is on www.themiraclejournal.com. Before we went on break, I had asked if we can start talking this segment about other people finding miracles in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what I was saying before the before the break is that yes. the the transition, I believe, is from what's wrong, focusing yeah. on what's wrong, to what's right. Yes. Yes. And it's such an easy fixation to have on mm. what's wrong because we're all so busy. And you know, we whether it's getting the kids to soccer practice or getting the laundry, you know, the the washing machine fixed or getting the report done at work, whatever it is, we all have so many stressors in our lives that it's really easy to spend most of our time focusing on what do I need to get done, what hasn't been done right, what needs to be fixed, 
Why aren't things going as smoothly as they should? What can I do to make them go smoothly? And it's all, all of that is rotating around what's not right exactly the way it is. What needs to be changed in order for it to be right? Yes. And so my goal is to help people to begin to switch their focus to what's going right in their lives. And that does not negate the fact that there are stressors and that there are things that need to be dealt with. But the question is, where are you putting the majority of your focus? Because you may not get a choice about which stressors are present in your life, but you get a choice about where you put your attention. And so um, what I like to suggest is that people um, put a reminder. You know, we all carry our cell phones around with us, or some mm-hmm. people are tied to their desktop computers or whatever. Or put a reminder. <laughs> yeah, exactly, their <laughs> iPad. Uh, put a reminder on whatever your digital device of choice is that, that pops up an alarm three or four times a day that mm. just asks you the question, what's going right right now? That's, That's it. It's that really simple. That's a great idea. It really only takes 10 seconds yes. Yes. to help you to focus, even if it's just for those 10 seconds, to focus yes. in on what's the last thing that, you know, made me smile? What's the last joke I heard that made me laugh really hard? When's the last time that I got a child, you know, a hug from my child or whatever the things are that really juice you up, that get you excited, that make you smile. Give yourself a reminder to spend 10 seconds thinking about them, falling into that feeling for just a few moments. And if you do it several times a day, you begin to, it's like building a muscle. Yes. You know, you, you start with the teeny tiny little weights. Or maybe you don't even start with any weights at all. <laughs> maybe you just start by raising your arms. And then after a week or two, you can pick up the one-pound weight and the two-pound weight and then eventually the three-pound weight. And then maybe you go to the five or the ten-pound weight. You're constantly building the muscle. And, that's and I can guarantee is. you, I'm, you know, sorry to cut you off. I can guarantee yeah. you for those of you that are listening in right now, I'm going to put out a challenge, Leah, yeah. for, you know, people to write to you on your blog that are getting this challenge to put a reminder on your du- digital device yeah. to remind you what's going on right now. That alarm, I can guarantee you, is going, if you set it off so that it can go every two hours or three times a day, it'll go off at a time when everything is, you know, dismantled then things are not going right in your day and then that alarm goes on and it challenges you to take a second and think about what's going on right and yet everything around you is not going right. I can guarantee that's going to happen. That's exactly right. (laughs) And you know, and it is a challenge. That's a great way of putting it because when you're in the midst of chaos and everything feels like it's falling apart and that alarm comes up on your phone and says what's right, you can be entirely tempted to swear at it and say, well, nothing's going right right now. And that's exactly what <laughs> And that's exactly the moment when it can, it, it feels so hard in the moment to make that shift. But that's exactly the moment when the shift will be the most profound for you. Yeah. When, and, it, and the more you do it, the more you recognize that it's really not that hard. It feels hard at the beginning because it's just it's a, a, an, a, 
a practice that you're not used to yet. It's maybe a little uncomfortable. It pushes you out of your comfort zone. But the more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes and the more you begin to live in that space. I now walk around my world saying, where's my next miracle going to show up? And let me tell you, I am I'm 39 years old. Yes. I had, The Miracle Journal started two and a half years ago. That yes. means that I had 36 and a half years of walking around this planet fixated on what was wrong. I had 20 plus years walking around in a black hole. I had six years walking around in a gray fog. Yes. I have had only a teeny tiny portion of that time, two and a half years, looking for miracles, and it has completely and unalterably shifted my life. Well, to... don't feel bad. Add 10 more years to that age, and then you, know, you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine my misery that I've had to walk through until today. Yeah. I realize that, guess what? No more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really matter what the number of years are. It's just important. You know, you hear so many people say, oh, well, I'm too old to change my ways. Or, I, you know, I couldn't possibly do that. It sounds too hard. And really, it, it doesn't have to be hard. It's really just a choice. And I know that that can sound scary. And it can sound like, because this was how I heard things, I would hear them and be like, oh, well, that's fine. You know, they're in a great place. They can make that choice. I'm telling you, when this happened to me, I was not in a great place. I was in a hard place. And this is what saved me. Yeah, yeah. No, I and I think you're right, because then for most people, they look at the numbers and they look at the age and they say, well, you know what, I, I don't think I can even, you know, begin to change the way that I've thought for the last 49 years, because, you know, I, I am who I am. But like you're saying, I tell people all the time that unless if you're on your deathbed and the doctor has said, <laughs> you know, you are on, on tubes, you can no longer speak, see, hear, and you're in a coma, then at that moment, Yes, you're right. You're too mm -hmm. old or it's too late for you to, to do that. But even if you're on your deathbed and you still can see what's around you, you can hear the voices and you can even whisper mm. a voice and say something, that means there's a chance for you that you walk out of that hospital, you walk out of that bed, and life will continue to happen for you. So you have another opportunity to change the way that you think and the way that you do things, as Leah has said, on focusing what's right and what's working for you. I love I like that. I love yeah. that image. Like that. And, like you know, that. something else that I think is really important is, because um, I know that your focus is on teenagers, that it really, as adults, I think we have, um, we have a responsibility to our teenagers and to our children to start modeling this kind of behavior. We want them to grow up and to be fully actualized, happy, healthy, productive, successful people. Mm -hmm. But if we're modeling for them this behavior of sort of crisis living, that's what they're going to learn. And that's what they're going to think healthy, effective, successful adults do, because yes. that's all they've seen. If we can model for them a, a, 
a mode of being that is even just slightly more balanced. You know, it doesn't have to be 100% balanced, but if we can go from, you know, 68% to 69%, it's, you know, those kinds of little steps that add up and then they teach their children. I really, I truly believe that it only takes one generation to make profound change if we are the the ones who are willing to make it. Yeah, right. And you know what? I know my show is, you know, advertised primarily saying, you know, it's for adolescents, but you never believe it, that in the 19 years that I've been doing this work as a private practitioner providing counseling services, my clientele has been the adults. Mm. So I come out and say, in order for me to reach your teens out there, I have to reach out to you, the adult in their life first, because yes, you're right. It is about the modeling. What lifestyle are you modeling for your kids and what environment are they coming out of when they come out into the schools when they come out into the world what what you know environment are they coming out of and so that when they go out because we can tell exactly what kind of environment they're coming out of just by looking at their behavior just by looking at what they say and looking at you know at the outlook sometimes it's not always but sometimes so i you know, also challenge parents to say and and adults out there to say, sometimes when you see that a teenager is acting out, something is happening, you know, the first place to do is to look at yourself and look at your surroundings and what's happening, what might be the cause for this to happen. And that might be where the answer is, guess what? Time is flying. (laughs) So we're going to take another quick break. Wow. You have so much wisdom. and, And you know what? That's the reason why I will encourage people out there to go to www.themiraclejournal.com because you'll be able to hear what Leah is talking about today and more expanded conversations that affect your life that she blogs about or you know on her website www.themiraclejournal.com we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. As a youth motivational speaker, author, and coach, Dr. Stem understands that in a world where today's youth and parents are jaded and disappointed by institutions and people they perceive as out of touch with the reality of their lives, motivation is a dose that is much needed. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem Malatini is a refreshing change from the typical speaker. Dr. Stem understands the pressures, heartaches, temptations, hopes, and dreams of the generation that is just now coming of age. Students listen in transfixed silence as she speaks with the clarity and confidence of someone who has worked with teens, parents, and teachers for over 20 years. Her high-energy school assembly programs create a defining moment for schools and provide an experience students never forget. To reserve your seat in one of her coaching sessions, purchase her books, or to book her services, email her at drstemmalatini at gmail.com or go to her website at www.drstem.org. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel.
You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmolatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. If you're just joining us today's episode, we're talking about miracles. The topic title uh, for the segment is there miracles and joys surrounding us in every moment. And the question is, have you found yours? We have one of our bloggers. She is the chief miracle officer of the Miracle Journal, which is a popular blog that she writes about the large and small miracles that happen to each and every one of us in everyday life life. And I mean each and every one of us in everyday life. So talking about that, Leah, can you talk a little bit about the optimistic people that are out there or that optimistic person that might be out there that has a difficult time looking on the brighter side? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we were talking before the break about how it can be hard to look look at things in this way when you're always so busy, yes. when you're, you know, trying to get the kids to school on time and you have to negotiate who's going to get the car today and who's going to sit in traffic and who's going to take the train. And, there's, you know, there are just a million details that go into everyday living. Yes. And they take so much of our brain space. And the thing is that if we don't consciously reclaim just a little bit of that brain space, it can overwhelm us. It can completely override what's going on that actually is good. And it's not, here's the key, it's not that there is ever a moment when good things are not going on. So let me say that differently. It was not until I was 36 and a half years old that Mm -hmm. I discovered the miracles. However, miracles were happening in me, through me, as me, around me, under me, (laughs) over me, everywhere, in every moment of every day prior to my discovery of them. Yes. Because, I mean, think about it. When you draw breath into (sighs) your body, your body doesn't have to ask you what to do with it. Your body knows how to take the air into your lungs, extract the oxygen, extract the other, the other components, keep what it needs, release the rest, send the oxygen into your blood, send it out to all of your cells. Your blood knows how to distribute the oxygen. Your cells know how to absorb the oxygen, use it, and then let go of the waste. Do we have to think about any of those things? Do we have to think about how to breathe, what to do with the breath, how to... No. And if we did think about it, we would mess it up. Mm, that's true. <laughs> but, but that is happening in us and through us and as us in every moment of every day. I say that's a miracle. Yes. And that says to me that there is a miracle happening in every moment of every day that I have been alive from the moment I took my first breath. And so it's not that when I was depressed, those things, the the miracles were not happening. It's Mm -hmm. just that that piece of my brain was shut off to seeing them. Yes. Because it was like I had blinders on. 
And then that day in 2000, you know, that New Year's Day of 2011, it's like my blinders got ripped off. And thank goodness. And it's not going to be that sort of dramatic ripping off for everyone. Yeah. For some people, it may be. Yes. For some people, it may be more like that, um, that uh, analogy of building a muscle. But it really is um, this idea that wonderful things are happening around us. If it's the little girl smile who's standing in Walmart in the line in front of you, and, you know, she turns around and smiles at you, take a moment to, to live in the joy of that smile. That's a miracle. Yeah, I'm just wondering because one of the um, things that um, I read on your website, because you write almost about, you know, uh, daily things that happen to you and that might happen to someone else and mm -hmm. just journal that and blog that. So I know for teenagers and we all do that when things don't go our way or mm -hmm. somebody tells us no to something that we've been anticipating and wanting to have so much. It's such a difficult, difficult thing to deal with to cope with and especially especially if you're going through chronic depression it becomes even worse mm -hmm. because you've been rejected rejected in in something I noticed that you have a book that you blogged about that you were writing yeah and you were rejected can you talk to us about the difference of how you would have reacted when you were a teenager <laughs> and how you reacted now oh my to goodness that rejection <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I, you know, not even just as a teenager, just, you yeah. know, five years ago, yeah. I would have, I would have sunk into the depths of, you know, um, this, this is no good, I shouldn't do it, nobody wants it, nobody loves me, I'm a terrible person, I should go outside and eat worms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and this time, I, the story being that I submitted a book proposal to Hay House Publishing, which is sort of, you know, the big name in the personal development publishing market. And they did not um, pick up the contract on it. And what I realized was that my worth was not based on whether they picked up my book. In fact, because this was a part of a, it was a competitive process where there was, there were a group of us who submitted and only one person would get the contract. Yes. I looked at the person who got the contract and I immediately understood that she was a better financial risk for them than yes. I was simply because of the subject matter of her book. That was, I mean, a profoundly different way of looking at it for me to, to understand that this had no bearing on who I was or on the worth or value of my work and something uh, and so now I am I'm writing a book um, that I'm not under contract for that I will probably end up self-publishing good um, yeah <laughs> and <laughs> and that's another thing being able to see options you know yes, in yes, the yes. in the midst of gray bumbling and depression I didn't see options I just saw that this is what I wanted it didn't happen oh poor me now I see that there are options. Um, but now what the, the main focus of this book is on miracles. It's on what we've been talking about, finding miracles in every day. But even more than that, it's about the days that are not good. It's yes. about the days that feel rotten because I have rotten days. I have days when it feels like everything is going wrong. My life is falling apart. I just want to cry. I absolutely still have those days. 
And those are the days when it feels like someone has come and left a stinky pile of poo in the middle of my living room floor. (laughs) (laughs) And so the, the topic of this book is when somebody leaves a stinky pile of poo in the middle of your living room floor, what do you do with it? How do you respond? In the past, I would have responded by sitting down on the couch, maybe throwing a little temper tantrum, whining, crying, and raging, being really angry about the fact that somebody left me a stinky pile of poo. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I wouldn't do anything to clean it up. I would just sit there and be angry about it. And eventually the flies would come and they would start circling the poo because I wasn't doing anything to clean it up. Yeah, yeah. In other times in my life, I would, you know, believing that I was supposed to be all spiritual about it and that, you know, the law of attraction tells us that we attract what we think about, I would say, well, if there's a stinky pile of poo in the middle of my floor and I think about it, then that means I'm attracting more poo. poo. (laughs) So I'm just going to ignore the fact that it's there. I'm going to pretend that it's not there and tell everyone that everything is wonderful. Well, you know what happens when you ignore the poo in the middle of the floor? You step in it, and then you track it around the rest of your house. (laughs) Ah, I'm I'm, I'm trying not to have a visual of that one. I'm going, okay, how can I get out of this one here? And that's the power of being able to change the focus on what's right and what's working and what you're thinking. Because imagine you're you're in the midst of all that and, you know, things are not going right. And now you're all smudged up and stinking yourself. And that alarm that Leah was talking about, that reminder goes off at that moment, at that time. And goes off and asks, what's going right for you right now? Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, I can <laughs> only imagine. My suggestion, which has worked, you know, for me uh, most of the times is, you know, one of the things that I've done, I've worked many years in the hospitals in, you know, um, heart transplant unit where people with at the end of their lives or they came in thinking they could be fixed and then they can't be fixed and they end up losing their lives. So it was the end of life. I've also worked in hospice. And because I've seen people at the end of their days and spoken to some of them that had regrets that wanted to stay longer and wanted to have another opportunity. I can tell you that I've been now in a position where if I'm in the midst of that and my reminder comes on and I want to scream, I will scream because of Mm -hmm. course nothing is going right. I'm mad, but I am quick to pull myself back and see that and understand that at least I can scream and yell that nothing is going right because I have a voice to yell that. At least I'm standing here to look around me and realize that I'm in the midst of poo and things are not working out right (laughs) because my feet are not swollen. I don't, you know, I have feet. People in the Boston area, as you know, they lost their feet, you know, at at the marathon. So because mine are still here and I have my feet, I have something right that is going on that is a miracle for those of you that are thinking, oh my God, you know what? There's nothing that ever happened in my life, you are a miracle if you have the ears to even hear this radio station that is happening to you right now or to listen to the many, many other programs that we have here at Voice America. That is a miracle and that is a blessing in itself. Exactly. Exactly right. And the other part of the miracle 
is that if you're standing in the middle of the poo, somewhere there's a shovel. And you can pick it up and you can take it outside. Or call for help. I'm going to call for help. Or call I'm for not help. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm calling for help. Help. Somebody help me clean it up. <laughs> anyway, you know what? We are having so much fun because, you know what? It's actually a miracle to be able to have a conversation like this with you today. Yeah. So I hope that our audience that are listening to this show today and those of you that will be listening to the show after, that you will find the miracles and the joys that are surrounding you in every moment and don't forget Leah had talked about having a reminder on your cell phone on your iPad on your computer she actually said on any digital device that you might have <laughs> put an alarm there three to four times a day and ask and have it ask yourself what's going right you know for you right now what's going right right now and she says take 10 seconds it doesn't have to be a minute it doesn't have to be five minutes because mm-hmm. now you will start rationalizing and thinking deeper and getting out of that, you know, appreciation mode. (laughs) Don't put obstacles in your own way. (laughs) Yeah, 10 seconds is good enough. What's going right? You know, if you scream in the 10 seconds, then guess what? You start counting another 10 seconds to talk about the good stuff that's happening (laughs) because that's what that 10 seconds is about. So what we're going to do, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back for that very last segment listening to Leah Carey, who is the blogger. She is actually also a life coach, a journalist, and a speaker. If you're looking for speakers out there that can uplift you, motivate you, inspire you, call Leah. In fact, you can go to her website at www.themiraclejournal.com. Take another break, and we'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com The rise of women into society's most powerful leadership roles ranks among the most profound social transformations of recent decades. Leaders around the world realize that lifelong professional and personal developments are no longer an option. They are a necessity. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem is the personal and professional coach, trainer, and speaker who will take you from ordinary to extraordinary. To book one of her coaching sessions or services or purchase her books, email her at drstemmolatini at gmail.com or go to her website at www.drstem.org. You are tuned in to The Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at one 346 9141 That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmolatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the last segment. We are talking today about a very interesting topic. You can tell when I get, you know, off my feet like that, off track, is because I'm enjoying the topic so much. We are talking today about finding miracles and joys that surround you in every moment. I hope this segment has been one of the jump starters. I always like to have these shows as jumper cables that you can put together and jumpstart something in your life that will help you to find the 
joy, the miracles, your purpose, your mission of why it, it is that you are alive today, finding that joy, that peace, and a reason to live another day. We do have today as our guest, Leah Carey, who's talking to us about you know, the miracles and the joys that are surrounding us in every moment. And she has shared quite a few factors that, um, you know, I'm still trying to process and figure them out. But you know <laughs> what? <laughs> I think what I want this section to do is for you to share with us some more of those easy everyday things that we can do to start noticing the miracles in our lives. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, one thing you can do is come to the Miracle Journal at themiraclejournal.com and start writing to me. There's a place on there that says share your miracle. Send some of them in to me so that you start getting in the practice of noticing. Like I said before, it's not that they're not happening in anybody's life. It's that we're not taking the moments to notice them. And one really effective way to notice miracles to notice joy. I don't get caught up in, if you don't like the word miracle, that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, I don't get caught up in the language. What's important to me is that yes. you, you take those few moments to recognize. And one of the best ways to do that is to tell somebody else yes. that you, what you've seen, what you've noticed, what has excited you. So come to the Miracle Journal, send me your observations. Alternately, another great way to share with somebody else what you're seeing is to get a miracle buddy and to, you know, set up a time to talk to each other, whether it's once a week or a couple times a week or to email each other each day and say, here are the good things that have happened since the last time we talked. Again, this is not ignoring the fact that life happens. It does. Not every day, not every moment feels good, but it's important to give as much weight to the things that do feel good as we give to the things that are hard. And we spend a lot of time talking to our friends about the things that are hard, about, you know, the last breakup or the difficult boss or all of those things that populate our conversation. Spend a few minutes where you you very clearly say to your friend on the phone, you set up that that sort of sacred time where you say, for the next five minutes, we are only talking about positive things. We're not going to make anything up. We're not going <laughs> to try and sugarcoat anything. Yeah. But these are the things that actually made me feel good. And I want to tell you about them because it's going to help me remember. And I want to listen while you tell me about yours so I can support you in that same journey. I am going to so start mine today. As soon as we finish, I'm calling up my sisters. I have five sisters. Oh, my so goodness. I think I'll, st I'll start it within the family so that, you know, the five of us can call each other on a daily. We will just have, you know, conference calls. That's the beauty about having these phones. You can yeah. do a five and then share the miracles for the day because I think that's an awesome, that. awesome way. I love that. Yeah, it's sharing. I mean, part of, I think, what's going on in our world is we're all so disconnected from each other, you know, and part of it is that we have so many screens in our lives. We have our television and our computer and our smartphone and our iPad and all of those things that it's easier to interact with the screen than it is with other people. But you can use that technology 
to your advantage in exactly the way that you're suggesting. Use it to start connecting with other people because it's those connections that bring the richness into our lives. That's and part you know, of what has been missing, I think, in our generation. And you know what, Leah? I, I'm thinking, too, that hearing somebody else saying, oh, guess what? This is the miracle that happened to me today. It might have happened to me that very same incident, or I would have seen or heard that very same thing yeah. that the other person is saying, what a miracle that happened to me in life. And that would help me think Absolutely. about, you know, my miracles and the way that I look at things as well. So, I mean, it, in every way, it's a very, very helpful and healthy way of starting to, you know, see the joys and the miracles that surround us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to somebody else can help us remember yeah. the things we've forgotten. It can help us to see things in new ways. And, you know, everybody has that friend or that family member in their life yes. who gets on the phone and it seems like it's just a constant bitch session about what yeah. seems wrong. You can. It, it can be a little scary, but you yeah. can say to that person, you know what? I want to spend five minutes. Just for five minutes, we're only going to talk about things that, are, that feel good. Yes. And, and for a little while, you're going to have to monitor it. You know, you're going to have to, to say to that person, oh, wait, we're, we're, in, we're still in our five minutes. Because, you know, it takes some, some recalibration of the brain <laughs> to start thinking this way. But it can help you both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, uh, one one other thing that I do as well. I'm also a life and career coach, mm -hmm. so I have um, people that I work with for coaching services only, and not for therapeutic services. So for all my coaching clients, I'm just thinking about it right now. Guess what? Their first goal is going to be focusing on what's right and what's working. Yeah, and when they come exactly. into my office, we won't talk about any of the problems or the, you know, obstacles that they faced, you know, with whatever it is that we're working on. We're going to start focusing on what's right and what's working. And they can give me one or two things, what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was right and what, what was working. Because that's a great way as well for therapists to start thinking of it that way in helping either their coaches for coaches or therapy, you know, therapists yeah. for therapists. Yeah. I totally agree. It's Something that I work on with my clients um, is is making that that transition. And yes. again, you know, I want to be super clear. It's not something that necessarily happens in a day. It's not something where you say, "Oh, I got it," and I'm never going to mess up again. <laughs> but because no. I still mess up, you know, I still have hard days. But it's the practice, and yes. it really. It's a mind shift that happens, and you don't even notice that it's happening. Um, other options are, you know, you can, before you go to bed at night, it's wonderful to sit down and write, write a list of the three or five good things that happened to you that day. Um, you know, I have signs up. I have a sign up on my mirror in the bathroom that reminds me to ask myself every morning about what's going right. You can put that in your car, on your visor. Um, you know, just those little reminders of a little wallet card, um, just those little reminders that sort of peek out at you every day. What's going right? I love that. I love that. It's, it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I was, you know, I, before we end, I don't want to miss this here. There was a, um, four agreements that you had on your website that mm. caught my eye. Can I share that with the audience? Absolutely. 
it's because you know i mean i was intrigued by that entry about um your feelings were you know when you were turned down for the book because i thought it was well well written for people that are disappointed with you know submitting something that they wanted to have done and then they get a rejection letter and how do they react to it yeah, thank you. but yeah you said um this time i understand that it is not a reflection of my character or worth or value of my work in any way it's simply not the right time yet and then you have a picture that says, what are the four agreements? The four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make any assumptions. And also number four, it says always do your best. And I think it sums up everything that you were talking about mm. on miracles today. Yeah, those four agreements come from the book by, Dr., uh, uh, by Don Miguel, Miguel Ruiz. Um, called the Four Agreements, and it is—it's really profound work. Yes, yeah, really yes. beautiful. Yes. So once again, I just want to make sure that I thank you for the work that you're doing, for opening yourself up and sharing your experiences with you know the audience um, here at the Doctor Stem Show, as well as the works wherever you are doing the work, especially on the blogs, because you know that's worldwide, <laughs> that people can actually get on the internet and go to www.themiraclejournal.com and write to you and comment on some of the blogs that you have. So we want to thank you for that work. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me here today. It's been such a joy to talk with you. It was a miracle, as I said at the beginning. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You never know who you're going to get. Um, before I end the show, I just want to share with all of you that are listening, I actually have a, a quote that I, I, I miss quotes. If there's anybody that loves quotes, I don't know if they love them more than I do. But I, I'm, I'm a motivational person, speaker, coach, anything and everything at heart. It, it, it's in my heart. But as I was preparing for the show, I, I looked around you know, my office where I have all my work, you know, that I do the radio station. And I noticed that not only do I have one quote posted up, I have four of them in different parts of my walls. And the quote says, every miracle unfolds in the perfect hour. Oh, how beautiful. And it's a reminder to myself because sometimes we run around looking for those miracles and say, well, how come I haven't felt or seen any miracle today? Or, you know, I mean, how come nothing is happening in my life? How come this is not happening in my life? When is that miracle going to happen? And I want to leave all of you with that quote that is typed out and, you know, framed all over my place <laughs> that says, every miracle unfolds in the perfect hour. That, it reminds me of um, the quote by Einstein where he says, we can either look at everything as a miracle or nothing oh. as a miracle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was going to say that quote as an ending because I was going to say in addition there's another one that's right underneath it that says there are only two ways to live your life one is as though it, nothing is a miracle the other one is though everything is a miracle we have yeah. to continue working together this has been great thank you so much <laughs> thank you oh, once again until next week join me again this is Dr. Stem Matlatini and thank you for listening to the Dr. Stem Show
Thank you for listening to the Dr. Stem Show. Please join us next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 9 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another enlightening show. Have a terrific week.